0: Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. So We
1: started a short series last week uh, on putting on the full armor of God out of Ephesians, the sixth chapter, uh, verses uh, 10 to 18. We're going to continue uh, this week in that Uh, in in that passage. We looked at verses 10 to 12 last week. We're gonna look at verses 13 through 15 this week. So I'm gonna read those verses from 10 to 15. If you'll join me, if you have your Bible, Ephesians 6, uh, starting at verse 10, the verses will also be on the screen. It says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of that, because of knowing where our battle's being fought, knowing what's at stake, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace that's the word of the Lord the word of the Lord for us this morning so we start into this passage and this idea uh, that we're in a spiritual battle. And we talked about this last week that we have to acknowledge the fact that there is evil uh, in this world, uh, that, that the scripture talks about Satan, talks about the devil, talks about, you know, that Satan's fall, all of those things, but there is evil in this world and we would be naive not to recognize the fact uh, of evil evil in the world. And we'd also then, because of that, we also, uh, it's pointed out in this passage that our battle isn't against flesh and blood. You know, so often in our lives, we want to find who to blame, right? Something bad happens, and we want to be able to point the finger at somebody uh, and blame them, and, and largely so that we don't get blamed, right? Uh, if we can find somebody else to blame, then it's not on us, and so we wanna blame somebody else, but, but what the Apostle Paul is trying to teach us in this book of Ephesians is that, that our battle isn't against flesh, against flesh and blood. It's not against one another, but it's against the spiritual forces that are in the world, and if we're in a spiritual battle, then we need spiritual weapons to fight that battle. We need spiritual armor Uh, to fight that battle. And that's what the Apostle Paul wants us to talk about. He's writing this letter to the church in Ephesus. It's a Greek uh, city. It's a city that had worshiped many gods, that they had, they had uh, temples to other gods, they had other religions uh, that they followed, and, and so there was a temptation at, the, at this time for them to just to simply take the truth of who Jesus is and, and kind of pile it on to uh, other beliefs, and so they would just sort of try to add Jesus to things, and Paul writes this letter saying no, that the gospel is about who Christ is. The gospel is about the truth Of who Jesus is it's Jesus plus nothing you don't add anything and he gets to the end of the letter and he says now I want you to be equipped because there will be trouble there will be challenges in the in your life Uh, the world is in an evil place and you need to be prepared and you need to be equipped so here is what it looks like And, and another thing if you read this passage you'll notice how many times he says stand stand firm Stand, uh, withstand the the schemes of the evil when he talks about standing a lot because here's what we deal with so often is that we are not equipped to stand. We're not ready to stand. I think of it in, in the context of how do we finish well? How do we stand firm regardless of what's going on in our lives, regardless of the circumstances that we find ourselves in? How do we stand firm in the middle of the chaos around our lives? And he says, I want you to be equipped. I don't want you to miss anything. I want you to have everything that God has to offer you so that in the day of evil, in the day of challenge, in the day of chaos, in the day of confusion, in the day of fear, you stand firm. When it feels like the whole world is falling down around you that you're standing firm. And here's what it looks like. And so that he gives us this uh, this picture of of a soldier. And in verse 13 he says, therefore, take up that whole armor, get everything that God has for you, that you can withstand. And then in, in verse 14 he says, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. So the first part of the armor that he talks about is the belt of truth. And I find that really interesting because the belt is central to everything else in the armor. The the belt is is what connects all the rest of the pieces of armor. It keeps everything else in place. So if you have a breastplate and you have the armor down your legs, uh, the belt keeps all of that in place. Your knives and all those kind of things get hooked onto your belt everything is built around this belt and so the apostle paul is saying what is the belt that holds everything together what is the thing that holds everything together and the armor that god is offering us and he says it's truth it's truth put on the belt of truth and so then it says okay then how do i know how do I know what's truth? The, the concept of truth has been dying a slow death for a number of years, and it's become noticeable, particularly in the last decade. Uh, in the early 2000s, um, a lot of you know the, the late night talk show host Stephen Colbert. Uh, in, the, in the early 2000s, he coined a word called truthiness. He coined the word truthiness. that's not really truth, but it kind of has a truthy feel to it, a truthy idea to it. And, and, and so in 2006, the Oxford Dictionary decided that truthiness was the word of the year. They made truthiness... Uh, the word of the year. Now, I don't know if you knew that the Oxford Dictionary always picks a a, a word of the year, Uh, and it's sort of an interesting progression that we find ourselves in. It tells you a lot about our culture. It tells you a lot about our lives If, if you look at this. So 2006, truthiness is the word of the year. In 2009, the word of the year was unfriend. We invented another word, unfriend. If somebody's mean to you, if somebody posts something you don't like, you can unfriend them they're gone they disappear they don't exist in the cyber world anymore 2009 was the word unfriend in 2013 the word of the year was selfie yes we were all taking selfies we were we were getting you know carpal tunnel kind of in our wrists from you know bending our wrists to take selfies so often we were buying selfie extension sticks we were taking selfies everywhere we could and it became a word in the dictionary selfie that's embarrassing to me we're so focused on taking our own picture that we have a word for it now selfie in 2015 the word of the year wasn't a word at all, but it was emoji. And, and the picture in the dictionary was that smiley, laughing face with tears coming down. And, and I don't know if that person was laughing and crying at the same time, that's the picture we're supposed to get, or if they were laughing so hard that they were, tears were coming down. I'm not quite sure what the message is, but that was the word of the year that year <laughs> in 2015. In 2016, in the wake of our presidential elections and Brexit and accusations across the political spectrum about fake news, Oxford's Dictionary's uh, word of the year in 2016 was post-truth. Post-truth. No longer truth, but the word of the year was post-truth. In 2018, the Oxford Dictionary proclaimed the word of the year to be toxic. It makes sense to me when when you get start. You got selfie as a word of the year, and then you know unfriend before that, and then you work your way to emoji for goodness sakes, and then uh, you know, and and then you sort of get post truth is a word of the year. It makes sense that after that is toxic because everybody has their own truth. Uh, everybody is, is finding their own truth. That's sort of part of the culture now is that we're allowed to, you know, it's not true unless it's really true for you. So go out there and find your own truth. And can you imagine the chaos of 300 million Americans? I, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm not good at math, but 300 million Americans finding their own truth And so I have a truth for me and you have a truth for you and we have so much confusion about what truth is out there that it it would feel toxic to me. And then on top of that, uh, the Merriam-Webster dictionary said that the most looked up word of 2018 was justice. So in the middle of losing truth, in the middle of such confusion about what is truth, uh, people are looking, people are searching for what's justice mean? How do you find justice in a world that doesn't know what truth is anymore? And so the Apostle Paul says, put on the belt of truth. And so we look at, okay, what's truth? And here is where I, here is how I would define truth. I would define truth from, from John 14, 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life and no one comes to the father except by me jesus said i'm the truth Uh, he he didn't say i'm a way to the truth he didn't say i'm a part of the truth he didn't say i'm an example of truth he said i am the truth if you want to know what truth is if you want to know what truth looks like it looks like jesus jesus is saying if you want to find the truth you look to me you look at me that's who i am I am the truth. It's not a concept. It's not a set of ideas, but it came, truth came in a person and that person is Jesus Christ. And so we, if we want to know what is true, we look at Jesus Christ. We read about Jesus Christ. We get to know everything that we can about Jesus Christ. We talk to Jesus Christ. We pray to him. We do everything that we can to know who Jesus is because he is the source of truth. And it's not our truth. Jesus says, I am the truth. The way to truth is through Jesus Christ. And so we put on that belt of truth in the person of Jesus Christ. Do I believe that he's true? In the worst moments of my life, in the greatest chaos of my life, in the times of the greatest fear in my life, do I know it's true? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's the way to eternal life. That's how you get there. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And another thing about the truth is the truth tells us who we are. Uh, The truth tells us who we are in life, in the world, in in all of our circumstances. Uh, Jesus says, I am the truth, and you are my children. Whoever believed in him He gave the right to be called the children of God. You belong to me. You're one of mine. So the truth not only gives us a foundation, the truth not only gives us a place to stand, but the truth teaches us who we are. We're a child of the king. The creator of the universe said that you are so valuable to me, you are so important to me, that I'm gonna send my only son and he is gonna walk this earth. He is going to show you how to live. He is going to die on a cross for you. He is gonna be raised again and he is going to show you, he is going to be the truth for you and remind you every day of how much God loves you, how much you're valued by him. So who are you this morning? You are a beloved person who has been redeemed, who has been bought, who's been paid for, who's been saved by the sacrifice of God's son on a cross. That's how valuable you are. There's, There's no greater value than that, than the God of the universe would lay down his life for you, for me, and say, that's who you are. You're a child of God. You're a child of the king. You belong to him. The truth teaches us who we are. It teaches us what to stand on, what holds everything else together in our lives, and it teaches us who we are. Well, the second part of the armor then that Paul talks about in this passage is the breastplate of righteousness. And I was reminded of a story uh, that came out some time ago uh, by a police officer, an LAPD officer named Bob Vernon, who later on became uh, superintendent of police in Los Angeles. But while he was on the beat, while he was a cop on the street, he saw a pickup truck uh, run through a stop sign And so he calls into uh, the department and he says, I'm going after this guy. And he pulls up behind him and starts flashing his lights and the guy pulls over and immediately uh, the guy in the truck says, I've been caught, they got me. And Bob Vernon is just stopping him, not knowing that this guy has just uh, robbed a 24-hour market. He has a gun in the car, and he has the bag of money sitting next to him in the truck. And Vernon walks up to the window and says, Excuse me, sir, can I see your, and before he could say driver's license, the guy stuck the gun through the window and pulled the trigger. And the blast from that gun knocked Bob Vernon seven feet back uh, and, and into the street. <laughs> And then uh, uh, about a minute later, the guy in the truck looks and Bob Vernon stands up and he fires two shots into the truck. Uh, one gets the, window passenger win- the driver's side window and goes through the windshield. The other one goes through the door and, and gets him in the left leg. And the guy, when he sees Vernon uh, stand up, he throws his gun out the window of the truck and throws the money out the window of the truck and says, don't shoot again, I give up. And what he didn't know is that Officer Vernon was wearing a Kevlar vest. And the Kevlar vest absorbed that bullet, saved his life, and uh, protected him uh, in that moment uh, of crisis, in that moment of being shot, uh, in that moment of that man who had just robbed a convenience store trying to get away. And Paul says to us, that's a picture, that's what it looks like to have a breastplate of righteousness. That it protects us uh, from the, the bullets that come at us in life. Uh, Paul would say the flaming arrows, You know, they didn't have a lot of bullets in the first century, but they got those flaming arrow things coming at you. And he says that's what protects us, protects our heart, protects our inner organs, protects us in our most vulnerable places, is that we have that breastplate of righteousness. So what does it mean to have a breastplate of righteousness. Here's what I want you to think about this morning. The idea of righteousness. The idea of living a righteous life. We could talk about integrity, absolutely. Uh, we, can, we can talk about uh, character, it's character, but here's the bottom line. Here's, here's, if you break it all down, here's what it means to have the breastplate of righteousness. It means that we live our lives to please one. You see, we're so torn to live our lives to, to please ourselves, to make ourselves feel better. Uh, and we live our lives to please others, to impress others, to uh, you know, those kinds of things. But Paul says that the breastplate of righteousness is when I'm living my life just to please Jesus, just to please the one, that I want my life to please him. And what that does is it frees us up, it protects our heart, it protects us in ways because we're not sort of torn by by, you know, the cross currents of life and popularity and recognition and all of those things. But, but we're living our lives to please Jesus. He's our focus. And it frees us up to live our lives for him and not for everybody else or not for anything else. You see, if we take the, if we take the belt of truth and we've got our breastplate of righteousness, another part Uh, of that is that, that soldiers, the Roman soldiers would wear a tunic under their armor and when you're preparing for battle, you would take that tunic and you would fold it up and then you would tuck it up inside your belt underneath that breastplate so that you were free to maneuver. There wasn't anything hindering uh, your maneuverability uh, in a battle. And so, in fact, in the old days, in the, in the King James Version, they called it girding up your loins, that you took that up and you, it was like a girdle. You pulled it up and you wrapped it around. I don't, I've never worn one, but I'm just guessing. And you tuck it into that belt and you're free to move. And so the truth that Paul wants us to understand here is that truth and righteousness, living to please God alone, Jesus, you're all the world to me, living that life frees us up to move, that we don't get tripped up over our own stuff, we don't get caught up over our own stuff, but we live our lives to please him. And so he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, you know what the really good news is? The really good news is that I don't have to go find a breastplate of righteousness to put on, but what I've put on in my life is Jesus. I've given him my life, and it's he that provides that breastplate. It's he that provides that protection. It's living to please him uh, that gives me everything that I need. And so there's a third thing that Paul talks about in these verses. So we have the belt of truth that we're putting on. Uh, we have the breastplate of righteousness that, that covers us up on the top. And then he has this interesting uh, thing. He, he says, um, then, uh, he said, then having put on readiness, uh, and as shoes for your feet, having put on readiness given by the gospel of, of uh, peace. As shoes on your, for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. It's interesting that he would talk about shoes, but shoes, as any of you know, if you've ever played a sport or if you've been in the service or anything like that, shoes are really critical. Shoes are way underrated, right? If you don't have the right shoes, you're in deep trouble. Well, the Romans specialized in having the right shoes. They had these leather sandals uh, that they made that had a really thick sole, and then they would run these nails through the sole called hobnails, and they would run through uh, through the bottom of the shoe and create this uh create these uh nails underneath these sharp points underneath the shoes so that when a roman soldier dug in they were really dug in they were going to stand firm they weren't going anywhere that they had these hobnails going through their sandals and and so that they could plant their feet in the ground and they weren't going to go anywhere they were solid uh, the, the other thing about them is, is that when, when the Roman soldiers would go into battle and they would st- charge the enemy, those nails uh, on the bottom of their shoes were so loud, it was like thunder rolling down the hill at the enemy. And sometimes just the sound was so great that the enemy would turn and run uh, because of the sound of those sandals uh, coming at them with 10,000 Roman soldiers. Uh, they just couldn't take it. They, fear would hit them and they would just turn and retreat without it. Without any battle whatsoever. And, and, and the Apostle Paul says, Put on those shoes. Put on those shoes that are prepared for the battle. Put on those shoes that this is what they were made for. And, and he says, Those shoes are the gospel of peace. They are the gospel of peace. What are they for? They're for the gospel of peace, the good news that that we're offered, the good news that says that I have been redeemed by Christ. And, And that's the message that I have. The thing that gives me steady footing, the thing that keeps me in place, the thing that helps me to stand firm is the gospel. It's who Jesus is, it's what he's done in my life. That's why we like to say preach the gospel to yourself, that none of us are immune to this, none of us get away from this, that we all need to remind ourselves every day that we're a sinner saved by grace, that we belong to him, that the only way we really have life is because Jesus came and he gave himself up for us, that he rose again, that we have life because of him. And it's the truth of the gospel that helps us to stand firm and to be anchored. And it's the gospel of peace. And I love this idea. I love the idea of the gospel of peace. You know, for most of us, we think that, that, that really, for me, peace is the absence of war. Peace, peace is having comfort. Peace is having security. Peace is not having conflict. That if I can just have a little, get a little peace around here, uh, my life will be better. But that's not the biblical definition of peace. That's not what the Apostle Paul is talking about. When he says the gospel of peace, he's meaning being at peace with God. That when, I'm, when my life is at peace with God, everything else fits together for me. Everything else makes sense in my life, that I'm living at peace with God and it all, everything else ties together and it's out of that peace, it's out of that peace that I can share the good news of who Jesus is. It's out of that peace that I move freely. It's out of that peace that I stand firm when I need to stand firm. It's because I have the peace of God in my life. I know who I am because of Jesus. I experience his peace because of who he is. And I wear that piece into the battle. I wear that piece to help me stand firm. And you, know, and you could be there, I, okay, Lori, I hate this part. I, I never liked this part. When you get to those parts about the gospel and, and we're supposed to tell everybody about Jesus and we're supposed to go out and, and be obnoxious and, and tell people about Christ, and all, you know, and I, don't, I just don't do that, I'm not good at it, I don't wanna do it, And you are not talking about that? You're, you're, you're putting me down now, you're making me feel bad, don't, that's not what you're supposed to do on Sundays, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm just telling you, he's saying, put on the full armor. Put on the full armor. Start with the belt of truth. What's the truth? The truth is Jesus. What's the truth about you? You belong to Jesus, you're made in his image. He calls you his child. That's who you are, that's your identity. The breastplate of righteousness says, Lord, I am living my life to please you. That's it. Jesus, you're all the world to me. That's how I live my life. That's the breastplate of righteousness. And then he says, then I want you to shod your feet with readiness. I want you to be ready all the time to explain to people, to share with people, this is why my life is different. This is what God has done in my life. This is my story. You know, you may not feel like you're a great speaker, you may not feel like you can do great debates and do all that kind. of but you have a story about what Jesus has done in your life, you have a story about who you are because of Christ and you can share that story and he says be ready to tell your story it's the gospel of peace and maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking I, I don't feel that peaceful <laughs> actually I don't feel that much peace in my life this morning and so thank you very much Larry for reminding me But here's the point of that. It's not my peace. It's not the peace that I manufacture. It's not a peace that I come up with. It's not a peace that I deserve. Here's what Jesus says in, in John 14, 27. He says, my peace, I leave you. Did you catch that? Jesus says, my peace, I leave you. Not your peace. My peace, I leave you. And he said, it's not a peace that the world gives. It's my peace that I'm leaving with you. that that I'm allowing you to know who you are. I'm allowing you to be forgiven. I'm allowing for you to be whole in, in, in in the gospel. I'm allowing you to live a life of fullness that you never dreamed before. I'm allowing you to live a life that's bigger than you ever imagined. I'm giving you all of that, and it's my peace, and it's a peace that I give you, and it's a peace that the world can't give you and the world can't take away from you because it comes from Christ. It's yours. And so if you're not feeling at peace this morning, maybe the reason is because you're trying to find it in the wrong place. You're trying to find it in the wrong ways. And, it, and it, the gospel of peace reminds us that that I go back to Jesus every time. I go back to the truth of the gospel. I go back to the fact that, that I've been saved by him, that he gave his life for me, that the resurrection is true, and if the resurrection is true, then all of this is true, and I belong to him. I'm a child of the king, and my life is built on that. Jesus, you're all the world to me. This truth of the gospel. So we have the belt of truth we have the breastplate of righteousness, and we have the shoes uh, that are the gospel of peace that Christ has given It's the readiness of the gospel of peace that Christ offers us, that he promises us, that he gives us. So we're putting on the full armor of God, and the whole armor begins with truth. Here's a question this morning. <laughs> Have you been going to battle without your armor? Have you been going into battle without your armor? Maybe, maybe you just think, I'm quick enough, I'm smart enough, I don't need all of that. Maybe you think you can do it on your own. How's that working for you, by the way? Uh, Maybe you just think, you know what, I I, I just haven't been paying attention to it. Here's the truth. When people don't stand firm, it's, Almost never because the enemy just rolled a hand grenade in and blew everything up. It's always a slow leak. It's always something that's happened over time. It's always about not paying attention. It's always about, like the Roman army that we talked about last week, that they had conquered all of the world that they knew about, and, and so the Roman army decided, you know, I'm really tired of carrying this heavy shield uh, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it at home this time and, and and they decided you know this breastplate is really You know, it's it's heavy and all of the armor together was about a hundred pounds and and they began to get lazy And they began to leave their armor behind and they didn't think they had any enemies They didn't think they had any battles to fight the the helmet gives me a headache I'm not gonna take it with me today and, and before you know it they weren't they weren't practicing They weren't drilling they weren't training anymore and when an army finally did come the roman army wasn't prepared and they were defeated and Rome fell and we're being reminded in Ephesians 6 not to do that. We're being reminded to pay attention that God has given us everything that we need, that he's equipped us for the battle and he's saying, I want you to stay in the game. I want you to stay in the battle. I want you to be equipped. I don't want you to miss out on anything. It's all here for you. Will you put on the whole armor of God so that you can stand firm? In the Gospel of John, Jesus says this. He says, I have said these things to you that in me you might have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. Uh, In the world, you'll have troubles. In the world, you're gonna have pain. In the world, you're gonna have disappointment. In the world, you're gonna have obstacles. You're going to have struggles, but he says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The words of Jesus. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So let's put on the armor. Let's be reminded that we're in a battle and who the enemy is, and then let's put on everything that God has offered us so when the time comes, we'll stand firm. Isn't that how you want to finish? Isn't that how you want to live your life? Standing firm for the sake of Christ, because of who Jesus is, with his equipment, with his armor, holding you up. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word. Lord, I thank you this morning that you have offered us, you have given this offer of the whole armor of God. Uh, Lord, that in the time of evil, in the time of trouble, in the time of trial, that we would stand firm. And so, Lord, this morning, forgive us if we have neglected that armor. Uh, Forgive us this morning if we've tried to do it on our own, or we've tried to go on our own, or we think that we're, we're smart enough, or we're quick enough, or we're tough enough, or whatever it is, Lord, that we're resourceful enough that we can do it on our own. But, Lord, remind us this morning how desperately we need you. Jesus, you're all the world to me. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: In just a moment, we'll rejoin our pastor for today's closing thoughts. But first, we wanted to thank you for tuning in. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com. Now, some closing thoughts from our pastor.
1: All right, I want to give you guys a gift this morning. Everybody likes gifts, right? So, are you ready for this? One, one of the advantages that I have um, that uh, is uh, I have had more years to experience this than most of you. And what I've experienced is that my worst days, uh, my most frightening days, uh, my uh, days where I feel the most lost, uh, maybe my days I feel the most alone, uh, the days I feel the most stressed, that Jesus is still the truth. And he continues to be the truth. And he will be the truth. Because he's the only truth that we have. And as we build on that, as we live that out year after year, it becomes sweeter, becomes stronger, becomes deeper than anything else that the world can possibly offer us. So I want to give you that gift. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait till you get as old as I am. You can put on that armor right now, and you can trust in the truth of who Jesus is. You can rely on Him. You can give your life to Him. You can live your life to please Him. There you go. That's my best shot right there. That's my gift, all right? We have our prayer partners. I'd love to pray with you today. If you have a need, stop by there. Our prayer table in the back, you can write your prayer request down, and it's our privilege to pray with you and for you throughout the week. I love you guys. God bless.